Look, we have a lot of fun here at Remember the Game Industries. You've all heard my obnoxious, high-pitched laugh on the show. I love it. Video games are fun. The Simpsons are funny. It's good times. You know what isn't fun? Shopping for razors. And I don't mean that to sound sarcastic. It genuinely sucks. That's why you shouldn't shop for razors. You should just get them delivered by Harry's. Pick up a $3 trial set at harrys.com RTG and see what I'm talking about. I'm not going to stop beating the Harry's drum because it's a drum worth beating. The best razors on the market at better prices than the crap at the store and they're delivered to you. It's like a shaving cheat code. You've heard me say it. I have been a Harry's customer since I was driving a forklift at a company I'm not allowed to name but you all know who it is and sure my beard gets some praise now but i was a stubble guy for a long time and i still use harry's blades to keep the edges of my beard crisp so it looks like i have a jawline and if you've ever tried to shave along the edges of a beard you know that you can go through blades fast because there's a lot of weeds to whack in there but harry's blades just keep coming back for more i'm not just saying it there's so much better than the junky stuff you get at the store that means a faster cleaner shaving and two you buy less blades because they last longer the best razors for less money brought right to your door i don't know how else to say this harry's is on top for a reason the best reviews in the business customizable delivery schedules so you get them when you need them i can't see a reason not to use Harry's. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 104 and we are talking medieval for the PlayStation 1. I think that's, is it medieval? 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 I don't know. It's not medieval. I don't know. We talked about it on the show a little bit. For the record, I'm calling it medieval and if I'm wrong eat my ass. I don't care. I'm trying. Okay. Uh, I think this is the first time we have covered a game that was the runner up in one of our monthly Patreon polls. We've run five of them. Medieval got edged out by Super Castlevania four, just barely. And there was a really passionate group of our listeners that wanted to hear us talk about Sir Fortes Q. And so damn it, that is what we are doing. Plus I really wanted to play it myself. So I've played through it. We've got a fresh podcast. My pal Andre is here. We're going to get into that. And before we get into that, you guys know I got a whole bunch of other stuff to plug. If you're not interested, skip, but listen to the whole thing. There's some announcements. There's lots of, there's all kinds of fun stuff. Hang around. Uh, Speaking of our Patreon poll, as I record this, Pokemon Emerald and Castlevania Bloodlines are neck and neck. Like last time I looked, uh, I think they were tied for the winner of this month's poll. And I kind of fucked up because I, uh, I set the poll to end tomorrow morning. 
which is pretty stupid because I have no idea who won as I record this, and I can't wait until tomorrow morning to record it. So I'll be posting about who won then. Uh, hopefully you voted because now it's too late. But uh, every month, our Patreons get to suggest games for and vote in a poll, and the winning game gets an episode of the show. So you guys get to help pick what games we're going to talk about here on the show. They also get to submit comments and questions that we'll read here on the air. You're going to get a shout-out. And we have a second weekly podcast called Remember the Game Expansion Pass, which goes live every Sunday and is available exclusively to our Patreon supporters. And this past Sunday, I called an audible. We were going to review the first half of 2020, but I finished Last of Us Part 2. You guys have been asking for my thoughts about it. So I actually released two episodes of Expansion Pass on Sunday. There's a nearly hour-long, 100% spoiler-free review of the series, particularly of Part 2, and a 45-minute-long spoiler cast that breaks everything down, both available now to all our Patreon supporters. And this Sunday, we're going to look back at the first half of 2020 because I had a ton of feedback from you guys uh, with your thoughts and your memories and stuff like that that I really want to get to. So you can get access to those, all of our previous episodes, there's over 30, and all the future episodes by supporting us at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. It's just two bucks a month. It's very, very cheap. Uh, just like our newest Patreons, No Juan Cares, which is a sweet name, Dave Thompson, Mackenzie Wheeler, Ajwu, I sure hope I said that right, and Brandon O'Brien, who literally signed up about 15 minutes before I started recording this. Uh, thank you guys so much for supporting the show. Again, only two bucks a month, patreon.com. You can download the episodes. It's very easy. There's your plug. I'll shut up about the Patreon now. Um, before we get into the news, we have something very serious we got to talk about going on here at Remember the Game Industries. Uh, last week, we covered Oregon Trail, and you guys really, the feedback was great, so thank you so much. Um, but we did it at the suggestion of former Hall of Famer Mark McHugh. And when, in that episode, I asked you, the fine folk of Remember the Game Industries, should we let Mark back into our Hall of Fame? And just quickly, for those of you asking, no, we don't actually have a Hall of Fame, although it is something I'm considering doing for the future, putting some games into our Hall of Fame. But we'll get into that later. So 67% of you on Instagram said, let the guy back in. 56% of you on Twitter said, no, fuck him. And a majority of you on Facebook want him back in. So it seems like the majority of people want him back in. So from here on out, Mark will be referred to as potential Remember the Game Hall of Famer. Okay, the ban is lifted, but that doesn't come with an instant induction. He still needs to prove it. All right. So plus, I know Mark voted in those polls and that's bullshit. He kind of uh, swayed the votes a little bit. Excuse me. Um, we also talked about covering Dino Park Tycoon last week. And if you don't know what that is, it's a business simulation game that we played in school, just like Oregon Trail. Uh, but you built like a dinosaur zoo and it was awesome. It was really fucking good, like way better than Oregon Trail. Do you guys want an episode about it? Because I don't know how many people played it. And uh, when I posted about it on social media, some of you said yes. And then I don't know, though, like that could only have been a dozen of you that played it. So check our social media. By the time you hear this, Twitter and Instagram, we're at member the game or facebook.com slash remember the game. There's going to be polls up. Do you want a Dino Park Tycoon episode? And if enough of you do, we'll give you one. And you should be following us on those social medias anyways. We follow you back. We interact with people. We're nice. We're friendly. Come on. Everybody needs another follower. So we'll see if there's enough interest in Dino Park Tycoon. And speaking of interest, uh, before I get into the news, I've been talking about recovering some games from the early episodes of the show for a while because we covered stuff like Super Mario World, Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time, Final Fantasy VII, Pokemon, like there's some great episodes we covered in the early episodes. And I have to stress, stress, I can't stress this enough. The guests on those episodes were great. Okay. Uh, frankly, I'm planning on inviting those very same people back to cover different games 
uh, from that original run next time around. But I hate the quality of those shows. I sound like I'm reading it out of a book. I sound like wood. I'm just, I'm not happy with them. I want to do those classic games justice. So beginning next week, we'll be launching our remastered episodes of the show. So episode 105, and then I'm thinking every 10 episodes after that, we're going to go back to the vault and find some of these great games and give them their just due. So next week, episode 105, you're going to get a brand new episode about a game we've already covered to try to show it some love. So uh, there you go. Good enough. Let's get into the news. Uh, Rumors have come out that there's a Fallout TV show uh, being production for Amazon Prime. And when I say rumors, I mean the Fallout Twitter account has told us they're making a Fallout TV show for Amazon Prime. And I'm pretty fucking excited. I'm pretty excited about it. I feel like Last of Us, Fallout, some of those types of um, gaming universes would make great TV shows. And to me, there's no risk involved in this other than the money, which I don't really care about because it's not my fucking money. Like, if it sucks, we just won't watch it, right? I mean, if Fallout 76 could come out and do what it did and people haven't completely turned their back on the Fallout series, a bad TV show certainly isn't going to kill it. So I'm really excited. I hope it's an original story. I don't want to just see them retell the story of Fallout 3 or anything like that. Give us a brand new fucking story but set in that universe i think it sounds rad so we'll wait and see um but i think there's certainly potential there right like the witcher i didn't watch the witcher on netflix but apparently it was awesome and i've always thought that there are certain video games that would make great tv shows so hopefully the the fallout tv show works out and it's not bad um min min is a new smash brothers character that is available now she's if you don't know what a min min is you're not alone she's a fighter from arms which was a switch game that nobody played uh, but she is the first character in the second pack of Smash DLC. And admittedly, I don't buy Smash DLC anyway. I didn't buy any of this stuff on the Wii U. I haven't bought any on Switch, and I won't until Dixie Kong or Waluigi is involved, or maybe Crash Bandicoot. Uh, but I know that a lot of people do. Nintendo prints money from the Smash Brothers series. And the feedback on uh, Min Min being the first character in this new pack has been pretty mixed because they're expecting you to buy this pack of six not knowing who the other five are and you would think they would come out of the gate with a bigger bullet than Min Min. I just, I don't know. It doesn't seem like a lot of people care. I got some feedback from some of you guys about it. The Movie Epidemic podcast wrote in on Patreon and uh, and Bradley over there said, I've been playing Smash Ultimate with me costumes lately. Stuff like Cuphead, Sans, Team Rocket, etc. And I'm actually really loving how they play and look. So my thought is, why the hell can't Nintendo add these characters to the random character selection or at least let me add them to my personal roster? And I think that's a great call. If you're allowed to play as the Miis online, there's the Mii Fighter, the Mii Blaster. I don't know. I don't play as the Miis. But if you're allowed to play as them online and the costumes don't change how they play, you just change how they look and you're not doing anything wrong, then you should totally be able to personalize your home screen and your character select screen. And they're pushing these Mii costumes. They're selling them to you and trying to get you to buy these Mii costumes costumes for your me fighters why not give gamers like eight to ten slots for the created characters i think that'd be awesome and i don't know if that's it i don't think that's a thing i don't play nearly as much smash as uh, the guys over at the movie epidemic podcast do but if they're asking for it then i can't imagine it's there so i'm surprised that they haven't offered that um and also when it comes to min min uh dan t over on patreon said min min is pretty damn good i'm hoping that the rest of fighter pass 2 has more unique characters like her surely they've run out of fire emblem characters by now and that's exactly what i'm talking about dude nobody wants more i love fire emblem the other day i saw there's all these things on twitter and instagram and stuff now with like 10 or 15 or 20 movies or books or games franchises whatever and they're like you can only pick three and there was one with gaming franchises and i was like well mario for sure 
And then I actually was like, I was very torn on putting Fire Emblem in my top three franchise. Like, I really enjoy those games. And I don't want any more Fire Emblem characters in my Smash Brothers. You guys don't want Nobody. There's the biggest Fire Emblem fan in the world does not want more Fire Emblem characters in their Smash Brothers. And I get that maybe Nintendo doesn't have to pay for them. You know, like they would if they went out and got Crash Bandicoot or something. But like, if you're expecting people to pay for these characters, you got to mix it up and throw in some non-Nintendo characters and pay for them. Plus, like, you own... Dixie Kong and Waluigi. Damn it. You have them. You don't have to pay anybody. Just put them in the game. I have wanted Dixie Kong in Smash since, like, fucking Smash U. It's starting to piss me off. Waluigi would be cool and fun and whatever. But damn it, Dixie Kong. If, like, ugh. Drives me crazy that Dixie Kong's not in there, but we're going to get eight more fucking Fire Emblem characters. So, um, good stuff. Good take. Speaking of stuff that you own... Terrible segue. It was supposed to be because Nintendo owned Dixie Kong. That makes no sense. But anyway, Xbox uh, has announced that between July 21st and July 27th, they're going to be dropping over 60 demos on the Xbox marketplace for upcoming games. Like they're saying the final number is probably going to be somewhere between 75 and 100. And that is fucking awesome. I don't understand how demos aren't a more common thing in gaming to begin with. I just, to me, that it's, 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 it's risk-free selling it's risk-free advertising right sonic mania was free to play for a weekend on xbox one a while back and by the end of that weekend i loved that game so much that i bought it before it went off sale like no problem and if i had the pen and i was in charge of one of these gaming companies um i wouldn't publish demos i would actually just give people an opportunity to play a game for free for an hour or two or five or whatever depending on the game and then give them the chance to buy it and carry their progress over and certain games have done that octopath traveler did that i think they offered a three-hour demo and then if you bought the game you could move your save over and it sold a ton of copies and that really helped i don't get how more games and companies aren't pushing demos and samples of their games it used to be a normal thing and it just seems like a forgotten marketing art now there's a few, but there's not nearly the demos as there used to be, right? Doug Dorn and James Clark both wrote in on Patreon talking about the PlayStation 1 demo discs. Remember the jam packs back in the day? And I was like, fuck, yes. That was my first thought too. I've told this story many times on the show, but when I bought my PlayStation 1 uh, in high school or junior high or whatever, it's a long time ago, they all blend together. Just in the days before my back hurt, I couldn't afford a game, but I had a demo disc with a Tony Hawk Pro Skater demo on it that I probably put like 50 hours into. Well, I saved up the money to buy myself Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Demos work, bring back demos. And fucking good call by Doug and James for remembering the jam packs. I fucking love those things. Um, And then finally, there's a story floating around. This is kind of the big story in gaming this week. There's a story floating around that games are going to see a price increase next generation. And uh, when I say floating around, I, again, like the Fallout TV show, it's been confirmed. Uh, NBA 2K21 will be $10 more on the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X than it will be on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. And I've seen a lot of people whining about this, and I just don't get it. I'm like, dude, game prices haven't gone up in forever but development costs have continued to go up. They must be through the roof right now. And it makes, if you're ever going to do it, it makes sense to do it right now as we go into a new generation of gaming. If you can afford $500 or whatever it ends up being for a PlayStation 5, you can afford an extra 10 bucks for the game. I'm telling you. Like, it's, I don't want to pay it, but I'm telling you, like, you can afford it, right? Gaming's not a cheap hobby. 
It just isn't. And there are ways to do it cheap, which we're going to get into in a minute. But if these companies aren't making money, then they're not making games. So if they need to charge a little bit more to back up the development costs that go into some of these new gen games, I totally understand it. And I got way more feedback on this than I expected to get, which is rad, but I can't get to all of it. Uh, Most of you don't seem to be too mad uh, with the caveat that an increase in price means a decrease in microtransactions. And I can get behind that. Uh, Personally, I don't think I've ever paid for microtransactions, but I also, I don't care about skins and costumes and stuff like that. So, and I don't, I don't particularly mind it when companies put that stuff behind microtransactions when it's purely cosmetic and it doesn't really change how the game plays. That's totally up to you. To me, that's no different than paying two bucks for a theme on your PlayStation 4 or whatever. Or your Switch. Oh yeah, wait, Switch doesn't have fucking themes because Nintendo. That doesn't bother me. Um, but what do- what I what I don't like is when they put stuff like powers, weapons, things like that behind microtransactions. I agree. That is complete and total bullshit. People can pay to win and that chaps my ass. Uh, but lots of you had thoughts on this, on the game price increase, which means... That it's letter time, it's letter time, and this week's email, Patreon comment, letter, whatever, comes from Luca R. I'm not even going to attempt to say your last name, Luca, because I will fuck it up as I have in the past. Uh, Luca said, I never buy games for $60 anyway. Most I get on sale for 10 or 20 bucks. Between PC Game Pass, which is $5 a month, Epic giving away a free game or two every week, and all of the cheap games I've gotten on sale over the past few years, I don't think I'll need to buy another game at full price for a long time. Keeping all this in mind, I think only the biggest AAA publishers are helped by a price increase. High game prices will cause people to buy fewer games, and they won't go out on a limb and buy anything that they aren't sure they'll like. This is probably bad news for innovation in the AAA space. Developers can't take risks because it might turn off their audience. But annual games like Madden and NBA 2K will do fine. It should also help anyone who offers a subscription service. Sony with PlayStation Now, Microsoft with Game Pass, and EA and Ubisoft have their own subscriptions. Instead of buying the next Assassin's Creed game for 70 bucks, you can sign up for 15, play it over the course of a month. You just don't get to keep it. There's a chance that we could see smaller studios, or it's a chance that this could help smaller studios too by making people less inclined to buy expensive games and go for the $15 or $20 indie game instead. I know it was a long email, but there's some great points in there that I want to unpack. First off, I agree. I probably buy five or six games a year on day one at full pop as it is, and I know I want them right off the bat, and $10 won't keep me away. Like when I think about this year, Final Fantasy VII Remake and Last of Us Part Two might be the only, oh, and Oreo, or he was on Game Pass. So those are the only two games that I bought day one at full price, and I gladly would have paid an additional $10 for either one of them. So I don't think that that's a huge deal breaker for everybody. The rest of the games I want to play, I also grab on sale. I'm I'm cheap piece of shit. Uh, I'm a Canadian comedian. We're entertain. We are broke. So I wait for sales all the time. I'm totally fine with early adapters paying a little bit more. Most technologies like that. If you want a new phone or the hottest TV or whatever day one, you're going to pay a little bit more than someone that's got some patience and is willing to wait. So and there's nothing wrong with doing either. I'm just saying I'm usually the cheap guy that is willing to wait. Uh, I also agree that it might make it harder on companies to try new things with their AAA titles uh, because they might be a little bit more worried about people thinking harder about spending their money. But that said, I've always believed that you should do your homework before you spend your money. And if a company tries something new, but it gets good reviews, it should and probably will sell. I don't think that $10 is going to stop anybody. Like like I said before, this isn't a cheap hobby. I don't think 10 bucks is going to scare people off if they really want to play a certain game. And you're right. The AAA studios, making the Maddens and the FIFAs and the 2Ks, they're going to be just fine. People that buy those games every year are going to buy them regardless. It doesn't matter. So um, my favorite thing that Lucas said 
is how this could benefit the indie studios. And I actually agree with this. I'm a huge indie fan. I've said that many times on here. We've reviewed a ton of their games and I already play them partially because they're fun and partially because I'd rather spend 20 bucks than 60 bucks. And now the choice is 20 bucks or 70 bucks. That's an even easier choice. If I, it's different when it's a day one game, like again, The Last of Us that I got to get my hands on right away. But Ghost of Tsushima is a perfect example. That's not going to be one of these new $10 more games, but I don't know if I want to play it. And so it's like, if I want to, do I want to spend 70 or 80 bucks on Ghost of Tsushima or do I want to spend $15 and get Undertale? It's like, I'll spend the 15 and take a, a chance that's a quarter of the pro, the pro, uh, quarter of the, the cost. There it is. Uh, so I agree. Great email, Luca. Plus, I agree with you, dude. Game Pass and PlayStation Now and those things, those are the wave of the future. Whether people like it or not, those are taking over. And if Microsoft is successful with the Series X and Game Pass, it's just going to blow up even more. Netflix blew up, and now there's 100 Netflixes. It's going to be the same thing with these online services. So uh, great email, dude. If you want to submit questions, thoughts for the show, you want to get in on Letter Time, you can. Over on Patreon, it's only 2 bucks a month. That's good enough. Uh, what have I been playing? And then we're going to get into Medieval. Uh, I finished Last of Us Part 2 last week. I really liked it. It wasn't perfect. Uh, like I said, I published almost two hours of podcasts about it on Sunday. So if you want my thoughts, you can listen to those. I'm still plugging away at Final Fantasy on the NES, which won our poll last month. It was fucking slow to start. Uh, but now it's starting to pick up. As it gets stronger, I'm really starting to have fun with it. And just I've been posting about it on Instagram particularly. Uh, so you should follow us over there. We'll follow you back. Add member of the game. You can see the updates. I'm playing through that. There's an episode coming on that. I want to try to finish it up before Paper Mario on the 19th and get a podcast done about it so I can focus on Paper Mario. Um, I got one more message I wanted to read from Bullfrog over on Patreon. And he said, hey, buddy, thanks as always for the show. Quick question I wanted to float out. Will you be getting Paper Mario? And it's funny that we get Paper Mario the same day as Ghost of Tsushima. A few years ago, we got Mario Odyssey and Wolfenstein 2 on the same day. Thanks for the show. Uh, it's grown so much and is important to so many. Thanks, Bullfrog. That's really nice. I was just texting with my buddy about this. I think both of those games, Paper Mario and Ghost, look dope. I wonder if being released this close to Last of Us is going to hurt Ghosts, but I know that being released against Paper Mario is going to hurt it because a lot of gamers have a Switch and then either a PS4 or an Xbox One. Um, and just a simple fact of the matter is there's way more hype out there for Paper Mario than there is Ghosts. We haven't had a big Switch game since Animal Crossing back in the winter. We got a big PlayStation 4 game three weeks ago. So dropping them on the same day isn't going to do Ghost of Tsushima any favors at all. And I'm almost certainly going to be getting Paper Mario. I'm just waiting to see uh, if the reviews are really, really bad. But I'm going to be keeping my eye that works on Ghosts as well, because I think that game looks rad. Um, so I've been playing those, and then I've also fallen back in love with Slay the Spire. I fucking adore that game. I tell my girlfriend how to play it this weekend. She played one game of it and then went out and bought it on her iPad, and now she's hooked on it. She can't stop playing it. She doesn't really even play video games. That's how good that game is. I gotta do an episode about it soon, a review or something. Good enough. We're at 20 minutes. Fuck, Adam. Shut up. Let's get to Sir Fortes... Forte it's such a hard name to read off of a piece of paper. Let's get to Sir Fortes Q and episode 104, which is Medieval for the PlayStation 1. Like I said, this was the runner-up on our, one of our recent Patreon polls, but I wanted to play it anyways. You guys seem really interested in hearing about it, so here it is. My buddy Andre is my guest this week. He was so excited to talk about this game, and uh, so I'm going to cue some music. And we are going to get into talking about the little skeleton knight ghoul guy that almost could. And we are, of course, talking Medieval, which originally released on the PlayStation on October 21st, 1998. Get comfortable, kick back, wash your hands and all that stuff and enjoy the Medieval discussion. Here we go. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
Podcasting is a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day, I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad. The ugly, I kind of keep that offline. And it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before and you're going to keep hearing me say it. Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And BetterHelp is a great way to go about it. I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about the stuff going on in my personal life, and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash remember the game today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash remember the game. Joining me once again by the miracle of the telephone device is returning guest to the show, friend of the show, friend of mine, pro wrestling aficionado, uh, my pal Andre. How's it going, buddy? Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm glad to be here. Yeah, man. This is I got a good feeling about these. It's like as we're sitting here, you guys, and I hope that no background noise gets picked up. It's like gorgeous in Edmonton. So I have the window open in my office because it's an oven in here. So there's like these bratty kids. I hope that they can't hear me right now. There's these bratty uh-huh. kids that live behind my house and I'm hoping they don't go outside and start screaming while we're doing this. Uh, but why would we want to go outside and play where we can sit inside and talk about video games from 20 plus years ago? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. Talk about, you're talk about the old games, man. Yeah, fuck. That's what everybody. Like, nobody wants to go outside. You want to stay in and play these old games. And today we're talking. At, like, so how is it? Is it pronounced medieval? I always like just me personally. I always call it. I always called it medieval, but yeah. that's just. But I, I, I don't. When most people have with games. The pronunciation things are random. I just say pronounce it however the hell you want. <laughs> right. Yeah, dude. I don't like. I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, in a hundred some episodes, I don't know if we've ever had a game on here that I don't know how to say. But I'm gonna. I, I think it's pronounced medieval, but yeah. I just always call it medieval. All right. Well, you can call it whatever the fuck you want on here. It's I don't care. I don't. Oh, I guess no. We did have this controversy with the Ninja Gaiden episode, so this is another Ninja yeah. Gaiden episode. Uh, so today we're talking medieval and this is the first time a game was on the Patreon poll, didn't win the Patreon poll, but is still getting its moment in the sun because I kind of wanted it to win that poll because I remember when this game came out, like I was, you know, it was 1998. I had a PlayStation like everybody did and I thought it looked rad. It was just one of those games that I never... Uh, ponied up the dough to to buy, and I know as soon as I posted on the pod or on the poll, you were messaging me about it. So, like, did you own this one growing up? You must have. No, I rented it a lot though from oh, okay. uh, the video the Uptown Video in Morning, but I rented it like crazy. 
I remember that uh, video I, store. <laughs> I, I, I was never good at it, but I love just love this game. Yeah, looks, so for the time, it looked so good. It really, yeah, it like because <laughs> like listen, and I'm not gonna sit here. I am gonna shit on some aspects of this game, but I'm not gonna sit oh. here and shit on the graphics to this game because first of all, it was 1998, and we all know that the PlayStation One, the Nintendo 64, they haven't aged all that well. But admittedly, particularly back then, I could see how you could play this and be like, dude, this is a pretty good look at like. They really did a great job of making it like a like, and I'm using air quotes, but like a scary game that's still kind of funny and, and lighthearted and 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 charming at the same time. Oh, very much so. I it, it like it's it's gameplay. It's 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 obviously blocky. It's all like the PS1 era. It's uh, cinematic stuff. Like it, it's as we all said back then, going, "Oh, it's so beautiful! It's never going to get better than this." <laughs> Things like we say today, right? Yeah, yeah. It's funny because you're right. Like the when the when the little videos, like the intro videos, and stuff come up. I'm like, admittedly, even by today, I'm like, these don't look terrible even today. But yeah, no. I could I could totally imagine in 1998 us looking at this and being like, "Wow!" And it is like, and you're not playing a game that looks anything like this. It was just like Final Fantasy VII, where it would go to the cutscenes where they were like full sized characters and they looked really cool, and then it would go back to the gameplay and they were made out of like squares and circles, kind of like taped together. Uh, yeah, very much. Yeah, so. same <laughs> thing. But I will say they, like I said, they did a really good job. Like I struggle with. Uh, I don't even care. People are going to make fun of me, but that's fine. Uh, I struggle with horror games and horror movies and scary shit. Like, I'm a pussy. I don't like scary stuff. <laughs> I can't. I have tried to play. Have you? We're not going to get on another game for too long, but have you ever played Outlast? No, I have not. Oh. That, I, I've heard of it. It's like a horror survival game, right? Yeah, and I've tried it like four times, and I can't. It looks so fun. And like I'm like, this is great. I, I literally can play, I can't like, I started playing with like my headphones on in the dark and then it was like, Hey, turn the lights on. And I was like, okay, I better take my headphones off. And now like I can only play it with the window open where I can hear those kids screaming outside with no headphones on. And even then I'm like, this is just too intense for me. Uh, whereas like the PlayStation one, like resident evil and stuff like that, they're scary, but they're not like, it's just not as realistic enough to make it scary. This one never scares you. But it has like a like it's almost got a nightmare before Christmas charm to it. Well, they, it, I just I started reading stuff and they they what the one of their bases was was taking kind of the style of of that movie to for this game. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah oh, you, yeah. You can totally see it. Like it's almost got that like like that Disneyland but everybody's dead feel to it. You know what I, I mean? I love I love it. I do too. <laughs> I do too. And so like just quickly if you've never played it, the long and short of the story is that you control Sir Daniel Fort- Fortescue uh who's this like he used to be a knight and he like now I can't quite understand like it sounds like he tried to stop Zerok, this bad guy like way back in the day and then he died during the fight or something like that. Yeah, but well, like they went to war, yeah, and then he got killed right at the start of the battle. Like he was supposed to be their like conquering hero. Mm-hmm. He gets killed super early in the battle, and they end up like they stave him off. They get rid of him, but there Zerk. But he get, he kind of then he doesn't. They don't kill him. They just kind of get rid of him for a while. And then he comes back, right? Right. Yeah, he's been waiting to come back or something. 
Yeah. Um, because it's funny because some people, like when you run across all these people who are like also dead, they see the skeleton because now you control basically like the skeleton of this Fortescue guy. With one eye. With one with eye one and eye. no jaw, yeah. <laughs> and I love yeah. his design. He looks fucking hilarious. But when you run yeah. into people, like half the people are like, oh, it's Fortescue, the hero of whatever the fuck the name of the kingdom is. And then other people are like just making fun of him and calling him like a piece of shit and a failure and stuff like that. Galamir is the name of the town. I, I think I think what it is is I think the legend of him, like, uh, like as the people know, is that oh he was a hero but then the people that were in the know know that he was just he didn't do anything oh right i think you're right yeah I think, I think yeah I, that's what all like the, the the statues talk to you and then like all the dead yeah and the heroes are like well you can make up for it yeah here take this because to <laughs> me like that was the funniest part of the game was like I didn't. I'm not gonna say I didn't like it when regular people or the dragon heads or whatever you came across would talk to you and be like, "Oh, it's Fortescue. You're the hero when you're back." I was like, "Well, that's not funny." But whenever you'd run into like one of the other knights that would just insult him, I thought it was fucking oh. fucking hilarious. There's one when you're in the Hall of Heroes. It's my. It stuck out to me when I saw it. I legitimately laughed out loud. If you've never actually seen the character, his his head is like a squished skull. And he only has one eye and then an empty eye socket and then these like fucking freak teeth with no jaw, no bottom jaw, just the top row of his teeth. Uh, yeah. And uh, you, one of the heroes in the Hall of Heroes, when you run into him, he's like, Fortescue, you jawless arrow magnet. And I thought that was <laughs> fucking hilarious because jawless is uh, funny. But to call him an... Was that the first one? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. The yeah, first guy you deal with. Gives you like, yeah, that crossbow or whatever. Uh, jawless arrow. Like the arrow magnet thing made me fucking laugh. Yeah. I was like, this is a game. Uh, <laughs> poor guy. Um, there's some great humor to this game. It, it, and, and I think that's a, a, real, a real strength to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. It feels like, I mean, I don't know if that was their intent, right, from the start or not. But like, I, I think they, I mean, like, I think if they had just leaned into trying to make it a scary game, it wouldn't have worked. I think it just Resident Evil would have fed it its lunch. Um, but when they decided to make it like a funny, scary game, like it just clicked, like it's the perfect combination. It was such a charming game. Shit like that. Shit like there's a part where you unlock, if you find both of the dragon gems or something, you have to fight like this magical dragon who hates being woken yeah. up. And when the dragon comes out, he's, I think it's the dragon that says it. He's like, all right, well, that's it. I'm going to rip your eyes out of it. Oh, <laughs> because he sees that he only has one eye. And then, he, yeah. and then he says something about how he's going to like destroy your jaw. And then he's like, oh, well, I'm still going to kill you. Like, cause he just, every time he starts talking shit, he looks at Fortescue's face and he's like, oh, and I was like, that's clever. What's that? He's like, I can't make fun of this guy. He's already, he's already, uh, he's already to begin with. And the best part <laughs> is that, like, everybody is voiced in that cheesy kind of British accent voicing, uh, except yeah. Fortescue, who I assume is because he has no jaw. I th- yeah, I, I, I didn't realize it when I was, even when I was replaying, I replayed a little bit of it. I didn't get much, very far into it because life gets in the way. And I was, I was listening to voice acting to him, like, what the f- and then I realized, oh, yeah, he has no mouth. How can he talk? Yeah, yeah, because everybody else in the game talks. And, like, obviously one of the yeah. like selling points of the PlayStation was that, like, every, there was tons of voice acting and stuff because the 64 wasn't doing that. Uh, but every yeah. everybody talks except Fortescue, and Fortescue talks like a teacher from Charlie Brown. Like he just, <laughs> yeah, I love that. Just, 
Yeah, and it shows what he's saying, like, oh, get on with it. But it's just like, and that, that fucking made me laugh, too, yeah. that they never gave him the voice. Uh, uh, so yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, so the game is really funny. And then you get into the actual playing of it. And, like, and this is where, like, I'm torn. I don't hate it, but there are aspects of it that irritated me. Because, like, what? okay, first of all, what I like about this, because you... If I'm not mistaken, Andre, you said you were a pretty big Spyro fan back in the day too, right? Oh, huge Spyro fan. Yeah, you had mentioned you wanted to do Spyro when we did the original episode about that. Yeah, you um, already had a guy though, so yeah. darn it. <laughs> oh, he was, yeah, he's, he, Darren was on me for a long time to do that no game. No worries, uh, um, I'm good with that. <laughs> but like in the original Spyro game, you had to go through, you could just beat every level, or if you wanted 100% of the game, you had to get all the treasure in every level, like all the collectibles. Um, yeah. And Medieval basically did the exact same thing Except you didn't have to go around and collect all the treasure. You had to, if you wanted 100% of the game, you had to kill enough bad guys in every level to fill up your chalice. Yeah. Um, and I fucking, dude, when the levels aren't super big and they're manageable and it's not like a, you know what I mean? Like a level's not going to take me two hours to complete. Like a run through a level yeah. is going to be 20 or 30 minutes. I love yeah, that aspect. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But like I was like, I, I playing through and then I was just reading some stuff online. Like some people say they can get through the, uh, some of these levels in five minutes, and I'm like, how? Yeah, I don't know like, how. They must just be running through and not completing anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was, yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you because I finished this game uh, yesterday, I think, and uh, and I hundred percented it. Like, I got every chalice. Like, I I filled all of them. I don't know how you would beat the game without because like. For every level, there's 20 chalices that you... I think that's how you say it. I sure hope I'm not saying that wrong. But there's 20 chalices, and like every time you fill one, you get to go visit the Hall of Heroes, which are all these old war veteran statues that make fun of Fortescue. But then yeah. they also give them power-ups and stuff, like better weapons yeah, and better armors. And like well, I, your, we- your good weapons come from there. Yeah, dude. I don't know how the fuck somebody beats this game without most of those weapons, because it's... It's not hard about eighty percent of the time, but then when it gets hard, it gets really fucking hard. Yeah, the last like the last like yeah twenty percent of that game is is quite tough. Yeah, man, and like, and, like you you need like every, pretty much everything the best you can get it. Yeah, because like you keep getting better. Like you start out like actually, I think your first weapon is just your arm, uh, which well, yeah, also is fucking you hilarious. The, you have the arm, but then you can get the small sword in your crypt. Right. Yeah, you get a basic sword. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you get your small sword and your uh, uh, shield. Yeah, and I think maybe the throwing knives. I can't remember, and but I think maybe that may be the next level. But I know you get throwing knives early. Yeah, you get like so you get a couple of like shitty not oh yeah those shitty. You get a couple of, like shitty weapons to start, but then as you fill up these chalices, you get access. Like you'll go back to the Hall of Heroes at the end of every level, and one of them will be like, "Take my sword, take this bow and arrow, take this shield," or else they'll give you maybe they'll give you more health, like more health urns to like keep your health. One, up. Of, my, one of my favorites was the hammer. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I love the hammer. Yeah, once you <laughs> once you get a hold cuz like one of the weapons you can get is a club, but every time you swing it it goes down in strength and when it hits zero it breaks, like Breath of the Wild style. But yeah. but like you're right, you can get this hammer thing and then it never breaks. And like and then oh. there is a club you get from there too, which is the, which is the club that doesn't break. Yeah. I think that was a club that doesn't break. Yeah. Like by the end of the game I had so many different weapons and I was only using basically my magic sword 
and my shield. Like I wasn't using anything else. But like yeah. what I wanted was the health. And what I will criticize is that so at every at the end of every level, so basically, sorry, we should go back. Like you, you have to kill enough bad guys in the level to fill like, as you kill them, like their spirit basically floats away and it goes into this chalice. And if you can get the chalice up to a hundred percent, where you don't always have to kill every bad guy, but you have to kill like 90, 95% of the bad guys in the level. Yeah, it's the majority of them. Yeah. Like a vast, yeah. Then it fills up the chalice. And if you go collect the chalice, it says the Hall of Heroes awaits. And then when you beat the level, instead of it taking you back to the overmap, it takes you to the Hall of Heroes where you go in and then you can go up to a statue of a hero and they'll give you a new power every time. But what I would have personally, I think would have been cooler was, I didn't realize that when you go to the Hall of Heroes, you don't get to pick which hero you want to go see. There's only one, no. like, like it's, 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 uh, it's systematic. Like it's going to give you this and it's going to give you this. Um, yeah. I wish that you could have chosen like, well, okay, well that guy will upgrade your health. This guy will upgrade your weapons. This guy will upgrade your shield. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. Maybe part of the game was you have to have certain weapons at certain times. I don't know, but yeah, that's probably what it is. But like, I would have, cause like, I remember I just done this recent playthrough. I didn't get super far into it. I went to the first time into hall heroes, got the crossbow. Yeah. And then I come, and then when I came back the second time, it was the same dude, and I just got a life file. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, I felt a little ripped off on that one. Yeah, dude, there so was, like, yeah, there's it, a couple where all so you get is treasure. Get life files and stuff. Yeah, or you just get treasure, and I'm like, dude, I have more money. I never once did I come close to running out of money in this game. Like, oh, once. no. I was oh, like, I, did, I, I, can't, I got really low money once. That's because uh, one of the levels I was it had like stupid imps, like those imp things, yeah. and you were uh, one of them stole my sword and got away. Oh. So I was stuck with my arm until the next level, and I I went to one of those supply dragon heads, and he he was selling us another small sword. This was like three four levels in, but it was just annoying. Yeah, yeah, dude, <laughs> yeah, yeah, those little like shits. Hundred gold just to get a small sword. Yeah, those little shits fuck you over hard. Uh, like oh, it was one of them stole my sword the first time I was in that level too, but then I died. So I was like, all right, well, I guess got to start over anyway. Um, yeah. but I would have preferred that. Yeah. Cause like I personally would have loaded up my health first. Cause like your health in this game, you have like a health meter at the top of the screen and then you can find, I don't know how many six or seven, um, like health ju- potions, I guess. Jars. jars. I think it's like almost, I think there's like 10 or 11 in total. Yeah. There's quite a few. And every one yeah. that you get, as is in classic video game, instead of your life meter getting bigger, they just go above your life meter. And then when you run out of health, uh, you just yeah. cash in one of those vials and it fills your health back up. So it's just like more and, and, list. And there was the fountains in all the levels where you could go stand there and replenish your health. But if you just kept standing there, it would replenish the vials. Yeah, you could stand on them and you could get yeah. two or three vials worth of health out of them before they wore out. Yep. But that was one of the problems I had with the game was like, I wish that they, like, I personally would have stocked up on the health files early because every time you fell off of, like, a cliff or something, which is a majority of how I died, was oh, due to the poor platforming. And if you fell into water, you instantly lost one of your health files. And if you only had two health files, you basically had three hits, like your main health bar and then these two vials. So if you fell three times, your, the game was over. And so that's where, yeah. like, I wanted the health files because they would buy me more falls into fucking cliffs and stuff like that. Um, that would have been great. Yeah, like so. That's what I would have stocked up on personally. But maybe that would have broke the game and made it too easy if you had all the health right away. I don't know. Like, well, and and the thing is, at the end at the end of the game, the health 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 helps you. Like you use up your most of your health oh. to get through that 
versus battle. Yeah, you fucking do. Uh, we'll get into that because that that, yeah. that I, when I figured it out, I loved it, but I hated that at first. I don't know what the fuck to do. Um, yeah. So, uh, like Andre mentioned, you can like in almost every level at some point you can find these like green fountains because your health is green, and you just stand on them and they refill a bunch of your health. But one of the issues that I have with this game is that when you beat a level it takes you back to the overworld and then sometimes there's a couple different paths you can go on and sometimes yeah. there's only one extra way to go but you never you don't get your health back like when you beat a level so if you if you fight a big boss at the end of a level oh. and you barely sneak by then your only options are to start a new level with next to no health probably die and then have to you know it's not a big deal you're just gonna go back to that new level you're on because you can save at the end of every level but it's still frustrating to go into a brand new level with no health and you're like well do i even scout this level or do i just let them kill me and then start over with full health yeah get your health back yeah yeah that was i was so annoyed by that yeah or you go back to like one of the first levels and fill up your health but there's no way to go in because in the first couple levels like these health fountains are everywhere because they're like the tutorial levels but you can't go and stand on the fountains and then just exit out of the level like you have to finish i was so fucking mad i was like why is there no way to just buy health i did the same thing i went like on the replay i went because i forgot you couldn't do that i go back to like one of the first levels just i'm like i can get some health and get some and 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 then all of a sudden, I'm like, I have to beat this goddamn level again. So I just, I just turned my game off, started back up because it brought me back to where I was again. I yeah. was just like, oh, oh, it's dude, because like, because like I said, you can save at the end of every level. So like, after you go back to the, because to go through that original level and get all the health and stuff, it probably takes. I don't know, five, six minutes to play through that first level. And it's like, after a couple of times, I realized that like my best bet is if I'm going into a new level with no health, just let them kill me, get the game over screen, load up my file. You know what I mean? Like, but oh no, that wouldn't even work because you fucking reload your file and then you you saved with no fucking health. So you had to go back to that first level. So stupid. You have to go back, do that stupid run. and, And as you get better weapons, it just... You're just like, well, I'm doing this again. It's so boring. It. It'd be like playing the first yeah. level of Super Mario Brothers with a permanent star. Like you just run through over and over and over again. Yeah. And then, and the thing is, uh. is like, there's these dragon heads. There's two types of dragon heads around the world in this game, and one just gives you advice, and then the other one is just like a store, and you can buy supplies. And like, you can recharge your powerful sword there, recharge your shields. You can buy more mm-hmm. ammo for your for your throwing knives and your bow and arrows and stuff like that and i was like yeah. how in the fuck can you not buy health here that i i was so annoyed by that like the fact that i could you couldn't buy it like or you like what would have been cool even if you couldn't buy health be able to buy an extra couple vials just yeah, like something just like just even if you even if it didn't replenish you just to know, oh, I can buy health offer if I die. Oh. It, it'll replenish me. It was so infuriating because I was just like, listen, because my other big gripe is with some of the controls, which we'll get into in a minute. But I can look past those to an extent because I get that they were obviously new to the 3D and the hardware and stuff like that. And a lot of these games yeah. handle it. Like I can, I don't I have to, to like it. The goddamn camera. Sure. And it was just, and I was just, and half the time it would, the, the little symbol come up. No, you can't rotate camera here. I'm like, why not? Oh. And so, like, yeah. And there were a lot of points in the game where that was frustrating to me. But it'll only take so many points off for that because I feel like they did the best they could with where the hardware was at the time. Oh, very much. But with this life thing, 
No, there is no way during the play testing or something of that game, somebody wasn't like, dude, there's got to be a more convenient way to refill my health than make me go back and replay through a fucking level just to go find a couple of those fountains, which might not even fill my health up all the way. I have more money than I need. You have fucking stores everywhere. Either give me yeah. give me less money if you have to, but make these stores sell health. Because it was oh. so infuriating. And the thing is, is you get into the late, because I, I think there's like 20, 21 levels or something. And I would say in the last six, seven, eight levels, if you don't have full health or incredibly close, you have no chance. No chance. Unless you're like a speed runner and you've mastered it, you're completely fucked. Yeah. It's, yeah. You ha- and you have to like, for certain things, you have to get stuff. You, you can't, you, I don't think you can, it's, you can't. I don't think you can beat the game without getting the good lightning and stuff. No, I don't you think you really can. Can't. So no. it's just yeah, like so that my biggest criticism of the game is the fucking is I, I like the health system. It was just a matter of like give me a fucking easier way to fill it. Even if like Dan's crypt, because you get like every time you come out of a level, you can go around the entire overworld, right? And you can go back yeah. to Dan's crypt, which is like basically the tutorial level of the game. Like it's the very first level where he wakes up. Like even there, let me go there and stand on a fountain where it only is going to take me thirty seconds or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, so infuriating to me. Fuck, I was just so many times. There's one level in particular where you have to. It's basically just a fight. You basically just go through four or five different levels of fighting like swarms of enemies. Yeah. Do you remember what level I'm talking about? I can't remember the name uh, of it. Um, no, I don't you, remember. You basically drop into like a, a castle, and then the first level, it's just zombies just coming at you from every angle, and then you kill oh, them all. You got to go down the pathway. Yeah. Yeah, that that's one of the first like first or second levels. And, and and like I just kept I was like I don't have any fucking health and I was like so my only choice is to go back and fucking fill up my health or fight these oh it's just I know uh, that I keep talking that- about it but it was just like it's going to be it's the single biggest wart on this game is the fucking refilling your health system oh so- the hell I, I I died so I got, I got so much on this replay and I know I I'm, I I remember playing this kid I love this game as a kid but like I remember dying so much yeah just trying to get health. And like you're, and like I remember running, just uh, you used to run through levels, like and like jump over bad guys, just just to find and just eventually find myself a fountain. And then you use that fountain up, then you have to go back and go through the through the game. And by the time you get through that level, where to where that fountain would have been, it's it's gone. Yeah, well, you need that help uh, anyways. And then so that's gonna tie into my other big gripe with this fucking game. And I don't want to sound like I hate this game because it's going to get a good review. I like this game. Um, it, oh, yeah. But the fucking platform, like, I just closed the window because I know I'm going to swear and yell and I don't want all those <laughs> little kids out there to hear it. Here's the thing. To every video game maker, designer, developer, fucking whatever in the history of this business or anyone that's out there making games right now, listen, if, if the main challenge to the platforming in your game is navigating your fucking control system and your goddamn camera that it's a bad fucking design and you need to redo it because nobody in the history of playing video games enjoys fighting with their fucking camera to make a jump that is like an inch wide on the screen that I'm going to clear easily, but I miss the landing because the fucking camera turns as I'm halfway across the water and then because I'm a fucking skeleton with one eye and no teeth, when for some reason when I land in the water, it kills me and takes a vial away from my health that I can't fucking refill anywhere because all the fountains are back at the first fucking level. 
If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul-crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work. Gone. Like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That can be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001. And a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac and every 15 minutes on the clock they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If if you work on a computer in any capacity, CrashPlan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses, I'm just Joe Schmo. CrashPlan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans and tiers. So there's a crash plan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. The camera in this game... This is uh, my beef with Ocarina of Time. This is my beef with Mario 64. And I, have not, I don't even care if people get mad. I've ranted about it many times. You guys know how I feel about the cameras from this era. The camera in this game is not good. And Andre, you mentioned no. it yourself. You can, you can move it with the L2 and R2 triggers. Perfect. Yep. No problem with that whatsoever. But oof, the amount of times that I tried to shift that fucking camera so I could see what was coming and that stupid little icon just popped up with the camera and the X over it being like, oh, you can't move the camera right now. And it was why like, not? why not? Exactly. What the fuck? And I don't know if it's supposed to be like, to me, the only thing stopping the camera is, is physics. You try to swing the camera to the right and there's a wall there and it's like, oh, hey, there's a wall there. You can't move the camera there. And I'm like, guess what? You know what you could fucking do? You could put the camera in the fucking wall so that I can see where these bad guys are that are going to kill yeah. me because I have no fucking health because you didn't get me anywhere to fill it. That would have been great. I, 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 I don't know. I just, I, 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 I'm, I'm fighting guys and I'm trying to turn to, to, to attack another one. It's like, camera no i'm like why i need to be able to see things in this oh level. man because the thing is is like i don't think the combat in this game is i don't think it's great but i don't think it's terrible either it's kind of no, it's, it's just it's, hacking, it's almost as hack and slashy is what it is yeah it's a hack and slash game like you're meant to either be firing a bunch of crossbow bows throwing knives or slashing or smashing with a hammer or something. Yeah, it's and which is That's like all you're meant to do. Which is fine, but like when one of the main uh, mechanics of the game is you have to kill all the bad guys in a level to fill up this chalice. So then there's no like you see a bunch of zombies coming and I'm like, oh fuck, there's a bad camera angle. I can't tell where they are. They keep disappearing and behind this fucking wall. I can't just run away and not fight them because if I do, then I'm not gonna fill up this chalice and be able to get the Hall of Heroes thing at the end of the level. 
Um, and there's so many cheap hits they get out of it too. Oh, like oh the, yeah. Like the like especially in the zombies. Like I was walking down the path, and there was like a, you know they had those weird race sections. Yeah. In the middle of the path, I'm walking down the path, and then all of a sudden I'm I'm starting to get a hit, and I don't know where it's coming from because the zombies came out from behind, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, that was oh man, that fucking when the combat worked, I really I I thought it was I'm not gonna say I really liked it, but it was fine. It was totally serviceable and playable and fine. But like when the, like the cameras were what was battle. fucking with you, right? Oh yeah. And then you throw in the fucking platforming. There are levels in this so so Fortescue can't go in the water. He can go in no. like shallow water, but if it's deep, yeah, then he dies. Bit. Yeah. The, yeah. And and there are levels. There's one level closer to the end of the game where you you're basically just running on docks. Um, oh. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like a cross I know what of level you're talking about. Yeah. It's basically just these long skinny docks, and if you fall off the dock, you're gonna lose some of your you're gonna lose one of your health files. And it's so yeah. easy to accidentally walk off the edge of these docks because they're fucking like two inches wide on the screen, and well, the and camera's constantly just shifting a little bit and a little bit. I find it like just find it so hard like now, especially with the replay, that using the D pad and it just trying to adjust slightly. Oh yeah. my fuck! Yeah, it was brutal. And then oh, and the level before the dock one is one where you have to. There's like a death is basically like driving a boat, and he was like, I if you can, the, it was the lake level, wasn't it? Yeah, and he's like, if you can collect these eight souls, oh. I'll take you to the next level. And so that's fine. Yeah. So then you go into this level where the object of the level is to go find these eight floating soul heads, and that's totally fine. But all of the level are these little islands with the water. Like, so you have to jump from island to island without falling in the water. And the only way to yeah. even make some of these jumps is to do the dash where you like tap, tap a direction. So he's dashing and then jump. But when you start dashing, the controls go completely out the window. So if you're not facing an exact straight line before you start dashing, you're probably fucked. And it's so hard to face a straight line because you can't get him to look the right way because every time you hit the button, the fucking camera shifts a little bit. Oh, oh. I died so many times falling in the fucking water. And I was like, there's literally no bad guys here. There's no timer. The only way I'm going to die is a bad jump. And I can't help but make a bad jump because your fucking camera is... Oof. Fucking oh, so, as, so, oh, so angry. It's so infuriating. And then you lose like four of your health files falling in the water. Then you hit a point where you have to fight bad guys. And you're like, dude, if I had all my health, this wouldn't be a problem. But all my health is gone because I fell in the... <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I agree with you 100% on that. It's just, uh, it's like, let me, uh, just let me turn the camera when I want to turn the mm -hmm. fucking camera. I haven't played the remake of, have you played the remake of it? No, I, I, I okay. So after this came up, I went to look on my, my PS3 because like I bought old, I, I bought multiple old games and I went, I was like, well, I'll go buy, see if I can buy this on PlayStation Store. And that's when I found out there was a remake. I didn't even know there was, but like, no, neither. Once I saw that, like, cause, cause again, and we're going to get into the good right away, but like when I'm playing this game like, and I'm like, I want to really like this game. I semi like this game, the controls and like you guys at this point, I think you're fully aware of what our issues with the yeah. game are. Um, I was like, a, a, this is a game that screams remake me. And cause, cause the, the, it's, it's, I love the concept. I love the humor. I like the story. I think that a lot of the puzzle mechanics and stuff are cool. It's just hard to like, yeah. It's hard to do what you want me to do. The control, the control side of it, yeah, is the biggest issue to this game. And so I'm, and I, I don't if know if the remake fixes it. Them, What's that? Yeah, if you can revolutionize those controls with a remake, 
like you, you especially being able to use a joystick and rotating the cameras when you want yeah yeah it'll, it would i think it would fix a lot of issues yeah i do too because there's like i mean i know there's a lot of people out there that are sick of all the remakes and they think there's just too many like and i get it because there are a lot of fucking remakes these days some games don't need to be remade no but to me like when i'm playing it this was one where i was like i would love to play a new version of this where they just fix some of the little yeah. things because if we get into the good stuff, like we've already mentioned, like the the sense of humor this game has, I really enjoy oh. it. Like just just his back and forth with all the statues, all the people, like all the different characters. I love it because like no, like except for like the villagers and stuff, nobody respects this guy, and and he's got he's got to go through and constantly be. Like earning people's respect. Yeah. And I I love that. And you know what the best part is? Is right near the end of the game, when you go to fight uh, Zerok, you get to like the last yeah. level. And right before you walk into like his fortress, there's a dragon. There's two dragon heads outside of the fortress. And one is one where you can buy supplies. And then one is one of the, is one of the advice heads. And the advice yeah. head is like, well, maybe you can beat him. And it was just yeah. like, and it was just like, it's they're like, like, well, we're pretty well fucked now. So hopefully, yeah, maybe, maybe you aren't that bad. Like I thought like that was really dragon, funny. It's like the dragon head spirits finally came around. We're like, well, he's done it all. Well, maybe it's time. Okay? Yeah. It was okay, like, they were all just waiting for him to lose for like the entire game. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like, and honestly, there are games where I think that mechanic is done poorly, where they just shit on the main protagonist the whole time and it just gets stupid and not funny. But this one cracked me up because there were people that thought he was a hero. And like you mentioned, all of the people that fought with him were like, he's a fucking idiot. Like, he's, <laughs> he sucks. But by the end of the game, everyone was like, holy fuck, maybe he doesn't suck. And it was, I, I yeah. really, it's easy to cheer for him. Like, it's, you be like, it's really easy to get behind. Fortescue and be like, I'll fucking show all of you guys. So you're getting behind this guy who's like, I I screwed up. I want I want to make it. I want to make my make everything up to these people. I want I want to re earn their re earn everything. Yeah, and it, you you feel that and you're like, I want to play. I want to help make this character succeed. Yeah, yeah. Like it's to me one of the big advantages PlayStation had over Nintendo. And I'm a Nintendo guy, so don't come at me, 64 haters, because I love Nintendo. But like one of the advantages some of these PlayStation games had over stuff like Mario 64 and things like that was, I mean, not that I need a deep story in Mario 64. I just want to play, you know, I just want to fight Bowser. Uh, but this yeah. game did a great job of making me care about this guy. Like by the, like, again, like within the first two hours, I was just like, oh, we're going to fucking finish this game. I was like, I'll fucking show you guys. Cause I was like, cause he's yeah. so, and there's something about his design that just makes him look kind of cool, but kind of lame at the same time. And just, yeah. You could tell that this dude was a hero, but then as he looks now, you're like, "Oh, this dude sucks." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But by the now. end of the game, you're like, "He doesn't suck anymore." Like it was, no. yeah, very, really well done. I liked that a lot. Yeah. Um, another thing I really like about this game is they not every level, but after the first two or three levels, where they're basically you have to kill all the bad guys to fill up the chalice. And then they almost steal like a, a little bit of the doom concept where it's like, go find a red key card and then you can open this door. But it was like, go find a red rune stone. Yeah, the rune. Yeah. yeah. So like the first few levels are basically just that, but then they start really working in like some problem solving and a little bit of puzzles or like varying scenarios and levels and stuff like that. And I thought it was yeah, a great way to change it up. You know? Yeah. You have to get yourselves to certain locations by like finding the finding the secret ways through just to get that thing to open up the obvious door. Yeah. 
And there's stuff yeah. like, there's the one where you're in the corn, like you, you get like a big cornfield and there's like jack-o'-lanterns and stuff everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But you can't go, if you, I, I think it was called, yeah, pumpkin something. Yeah, like a big pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you can't go, like a, you can't go into the corn because if you do, the creatures that live in the corn will kill you. So you almost yeah. navigate this maze and then you find this old tractor and it's like, well, if you can find the parts you need to fire the tractor up, then the tractor cuts down a bunch of the corn and then you can get a bunch of supplies that are hidden on the other side of the corn. And it's just those little things that just change it up enough to like just a little bit of problem solving. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Just those fun little things. It, 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 make, it, it makes it, I don't know. It just, it makes it a good time because it gives you, it makes you want to explore and find everything in the levels. Yeah, but the levels aren't too big where it's overwhelming. No. Like, they're just... You know what I mean? Like, you can... The only... I don't even know if I would call it an issue, but there is a little bit of, like, trial and error with some of the levels if you want to 100% the game and get all of the uh, all of the chalices. Like, there's one level near the end of the game where there's, like, these villagers that have been caught and they're hanging over fire, and you have to yeah. save them. And so what you have to do is kill these bad guys before they drop the villagers onto the fire. Then you have to put the fire out with your wooden club... Then you have to hit the switch to drop the villagers onto the non-existent fire so they can get away. And I didn't save them the first few times because I didn't understand how. And then at the end of the level, I realized that my chalice was only at like 94%. And what was happening was when the villagers died, I was losing I was losing uh, filling from my chalice. And the only way to 100% it was to get all the villagers. Yeah, because you have to save them because it, it goes against you, yeah. Right, and that's I think that's both good and bad because i think the mechanic is really clever uh because again it's like the whole game has been teaching me just kill bad guys it'll fill up your chalice and then this level it's like oh yeah your chalice is already like 20 percent fill but if these guys die you're gonna lose that percentage um yeah but they don't really explain it so it was like i i finally googled it to see how to i was like how the fuck can i not beat this and then how i had to google I it get this goddamn chalice yeah 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 and there's a few instances like that where i just couldn't figure out what the fuck i was supposed to do until I Googled it, and I was like, I love the puzzle concept. I just feel like there were a few of them that weren't explained as well as they could be. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just dumb. Like, that. you know, like maybe that's what no, it is. No, you're not just dumb. Like, I, I guarantee you I didn't figure that out when I was a kid. I probably would have just kept, I would have just left them there. Right. Or, the dude, or remember the level where all the villagers are, like, infected or something? Or, like, brainwashed? And you yeah. go in, and the first it, dragon is like, "Don't hurt the villagers because they don't mean to hurt you. They just can't help themselves." Yeah, it, um, and that concept is rad. It just gets so fucking irritating because there's these villagers just charging at you, and there's nothing you can do. And if you kill them, you lose points from your chalice, and now I can't 100 percent the yeah. fucking level. So, but you're, then you're taking damage. I know. It's like, I can't buy hell. Oh. Come right back to, I can't buy hell. Yeah, that's what it does come back to. The biggest knock on this game is that there's just no fucking way to refill your health. But I do like that level because you go in, and then one of the first buildings in this village is like a, uh, like a blacksmith store with like the stove yeah. that you can, you can turn the fire on and heat up the stove, but nothing happens. But you know there's got to be something to do with this stove. And then the next building in the village is a church, and it turns out the cross is gone, and you have to replace the cross. So then yeah. you, you spend the whole level looking for a mold of a cross and then some metal that you can put into the... The, the forge. That, yeah, the forge. Make, make the cross for the church. Yeah. yeah, then you hang the church, the cross in the church, and then you get a key to finish the level. And I was like, I thought that was a great, like a great concept, albeit a little frustrating yeah, with the fucking villagers. One little thing, yeah, because it takes forever to fucking find everything. Yeah. But, I just, yeah. I love games like this where they, they don't just make 20 levels that are the exact same. Because if they had all been the exact same, I probably wouldn't have finished it. But I wanted to see what every level did. 
Yeah. So. It, it, you every every level had it had its own authentic thing. Like like the ghost ship alone was just so much fun. Yeah, the ghost ship was a rad level. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it just it just they made everything like everything like it's still the same. In a way, it's still the platformer, still the same kind of style in each level, but you get a, a distinctive, different kind of level every time. Yeah, yeah, it was. I yeah, I liked it. It like one of the things I got out of this game too was that um, when you go back to play these older video games, like really the only ways to beat them are either save states or just play them over and over again until you figure out the level and know what to do. And in yeah. this game, I I, I subscribe to that theory of just play excuse me just play through the level till i figure out what to do and uh there's something incredibly satisfying about beating a game because you just go into a level that you've died in four or five times and then maybe you beat it once but you didn't 100 percent it and now you've played it enough times that you've kind of mastered it and you can just bomb your way through it and do everything do you know what i'm saying yeah you can get your 100 percent. like you know when that that random bad guy that screwed you that three or four times is going to pop out. Yeah. It was just incredibly yeah. like an incredibly satisfying game loop. Like I, or like, if you, like say it was the boss of the level. You finally got him beat the first time. You're like, well, I had to, I was trying to get through to get him. Now I can go back and do what I need to do. And I know how to get through him very easily. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're right. That's another thing is like, and that's where like, I didn't find myself getting too frustrated because the levels weren't too long. Even when I say I was up to like 80 or 90% of my chalice and I had most of the, the runes collected and I was pretty close to beating a level and then I died. Um, I would walk away for a few minutes and then come back and be like, okay, I know it's only gonna be about 20 minutes to take another run at this. And now I know yeah. where all these guys are going to be waiting. And, uh, yeah. it, it, it made it for, it made for, uh, you want to come back to it's like, okay, it's still, it's going to be the same. I know what I'm doing. It's not going to be as hard this time. No, it was strict. Like, I don't want to call it addictive, but it was very, it was a satisfying game to play. And when I beat a level and hundred percent of the level and got the chalice and got out of there, I was like, that was yeah. doable. And I, and the game is hard, but I don't think it's, it's not unbeatably stupidly difficult. Like it's not that hard. It's just a matter of like, if you put the time into getting good, then you'll be fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, if, if you're willing to work at it, you're going to beat it. It's yeah. just, you, it can't just, it's not a simple, easy game to go in and just win automatically. No. The first few levels, yeah, not hard. But as it, it, the game, it gets progressively difficult, progressively more difficult. But it, it, it's like a, like it, it, you feel it and you, and you, you're like, oh, this is getting uh, the difficulty going up. You're like, oh, this is making it more fun. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. And like I know I was ranting about how there's stuff that confused me. One of the things that really fucking confused me was the final boss, the Zero. I had no idea what the fuck to do, and I finally was like, "What the fuck is going on?" So well, there's three stages, right? Yeah. So you, the yeah. first stage, the first stage is the only one that really confused me, though. Yeah. Um, so you go in and you find Zerok, the bad, the evil sorcerer, the bad guy, and then he summons like an army of evil skeletons to attack you. Yeah. But then your chalice that you've been filling up all game, you put it down and you basically summon a bunch of good knights, skeletons, and then they just start fighting and you're just standing around well, yeah, watching you, them fighting. Yeah. You, you, you summon them from the hall, from the hall of, hall of heroes. Yeah. And so then you're just watching them fight. And I was like, oh, so maybe now they keep each other busy and I go after Xerox. So I ran up to him, but he's just standing up in his balcony laughing at me. So I was like, okay, well then maybe I have to help my skeletons beat these skeletons, but then I'm attacking the bad skeletons and nothing's happening. And they're clearly killing my guys. And then the bad skeletons kill all my skeletons and then they just kill me and it's game over. And I was like, what the Mm -hmm. fuck was that? 
And it happened. It, it, it is so confusing. Yeah. Like, that, like you don't know. No. You don't know what you're supposed to do here. Cause, and it, you could play this level four times and not really know what you're supposed to do. No. And then so, again, finally I went to Google, and then it was like, well, you have to use good lightning and use your own health to keep your skeletons alive so they can beat the bad skeletons. And once they explained it, I was like, oh, I see. So then you have like eight or nine of your eight of your own skeletons fighting the bad skeletons and all your skeletons are green. But then as they get hurt, they go to yellow and then to red and then they die. And so you have yeah. to just run from one to another, zapping them with lightning to keep them healthy. But as you zap them with lightning, it's draining your health. So that's where the where the, the you you want to hopefully have gotten every single life bottle. Yeah, you need that them. point. Yeah, you need them. Um, you should be seeing like I think it's like nine or ten above your your health bar. Yeah. When you go into there. Yeah, and by the dude, by the time I beat that skeleton part, I had no vials left. Like I had burned through oh. all my health. But then when you do it, every skeleton that survived turns into a health vial that you can refill your health with for the next yeah. boss fight. It's one of the few times that game is it gives you health. And that's you where work. yeah yeah you're right. It is one of the few fucking times. And that's where like. I'm torn on this because I think that's a phenomenal idea. Like I've always said on this show, I hate bad final boss fights. I thought that was yeah. a great concept for a final boss fight, except that they didn't explain it. I have no idea why you wouldn't just, all you had to do was put a fucking dragon head in there that had been popping up and insulting me the entire game to pop up keep, and be like, keep, keep them alive. alive. That's they, all you had to fucking do. Alive, something. Yeah. Like, ah, so you beat that and then you have to fight like this, like minion of his um, yeah they threw him a horse right yeah and I actually found yeah. that incredibly easy like I just beat him I was like well that was he wasn't that tough at all he, he doesn't take long no I was like that seemed like no. kind of a silly fight but then you have to fight Zerok and it's really again this is where the game's humor shines Zerok the evil sorcerer like he goes back into his balcony he's like where's oh, that spell God. book and then and he, he actually screwed him up oh it was so good yeah he like accidentally turns himself into like a chicken and then he turns himself into like a goat and then he finally gets it right. And then he comes out and he's like part chicken, part goat, like four different animals. Um, and, and like some kind of serpent involved in there too. That's right. Yeah. Pretty genius. And I thought that was really funny. And then you fight him and uh, I, I thought he was a little tough, but like it took me, I think three tries and I beat him. Like it was, well, there, there's the way there's a couple ways to do it. Uh, if you've gotten the dragon armor, mm-hmm. uh, it, it allows you to use fire. Yeah. It, that is, te- with the horse guy and him, the easiest way to beat him. Oh, I never tried that, really? Yeah, because it, you can keep yourself a little bit back from him and keep shooting fire on him. Oh. Because it does, the fire doesn't deplete. You don't do, you don't lose your fire right. from the dragon arm. Right. So you can just constantly be hitting him and running away from him. Oh, I never even tried that. you don't get close enough for him to hit you. See, what I yeah. did, I just used the magic sword, and I basically just kept, like, running around behind him because he's got like an armor on him but then he drops his armor a lot to attack or his shield yeah. and every time he drops his shield i would just start fucking hammering him with this magic sword and i was like oh that wasn't like i really didn't find him that it was more just of just like in any old fucking video game boss fight you just basically learn his pattern and then tee off on him um, yeah it, it's just it, and that's where like the fire comes in because when he drops his shield you you're you're flaming him right but you can stay away from him so he's not going to attack you yeah easily that's where the dragon armor is a big advantage in that fight. Yeah. But I, for the most part, like I, I, uh, to me, a bad final boss fight can ruin my whole thought of a game. And, uh, outside of not knowing what to do with the skeletons, I thought it was a pretty solid, oh, it was, it was, albeit fairly easy final boss fight, which yeah, I like. They weren't, they weren't hard, 
but they were enjoyable because it gave you the comedy with him trying to turn himself into stuff. It, it, it gave you like, and once you learn the skeleton side of it, you're like, oh, this is actually pretty genius. Yeah. Oh, and there's another, but, you know, another thing that's really funny was, uh, you fucking, you're in his castle, Xerox castle in like one of the last levels. And you can find yeah. you find his spell book, and if you actually read the t- the table of contents to his spell book, it was like yeah. evil spells, potion recipes, or something. But then it was like <laughs> card tricks and like two oh, or three I things. Re- I like don't that. remember that. Yeah, and I was like, that's funny. Like that's a clever uh, little. I don't know, man. Overall, like, uh, fuck, we've been going a long time on this. Um, yeah. Overall, <laughs> I. I I had no idea this game was as charming and funny as it was and good as it yeah. was. And I get now why so many people voted for it in that poll and were disappointed that it didn't win. Because uh, this is a rad game, man. It's really well, good. It, it lost the KOTOR, right? Yeah, which is fair. Because yeah. KOTOR is that's, a better game. but that, No, but it, it, that doesn't surprise me. But like, I voted for Medieval because I'm like, as soon as I saw you post it, I'm like, I need to do that episode. I loved that game yeah. growing up as a kid. And I love this game. I was and in- like... So happy we did the episode for it. <laughs> yeah, I was impressed, you guys. Listen, like I, I, I always loved my original PlayStation. I just never thought it aged well. But in the last year or so, like I've played the original three Resident Evil games on there: Metal Gear Solid, Spiral the Dragon, Medieval, and like I've really enjoyed all of them. And I'm like, dude, the play. Like I get how the PlayStation became as successful as it did with so many of these like. Obviously, Nintendo is the is the king of the platformer, and we all know that. But I'm like, dude, yeah. PlayStation had a lot of really cool, fun games to fight yep. back with. And this is one of them. And I never played this one as a kid other than like a little demo of it. And I'm sitting here playing through this game, and I'm like, I would have really enjoyed this when I was 14 or 15 years old. Like, oh, really I, I, enjoyed yeah. it. Wonderful game. Yeah. Wonderful game. I'm thoroughly impressed. I'm definitely annoying, but annoying at times, but wonderful game. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm going to play, I definitely want to play the sequel. I want to see if, how the remakes are because this is, yeah. had I played the original version of this prior to that sequel, I would have been pretty fucking excited about a sequel coming out for it because I just want to see these mechanics better implemented because yeah, the... I, I don't think I've ever played the sequels to this. Yeah. I'm definitely going to try it because I was impressed. Uh, before we score it, have you got any final thoughts on Sir Daniel Fortescue and his no, adventure? No, he's just, I thought overall, like this character you take him from this guy who got, who just looked like a, who looked like a fool and is doing about it, and you, and you make him a hero in the end. And it's just that classic, gonna make the redeeming game while also being super funny and enjoyable. I love this game. Yeah, that's a great point. It is a bit of a redemption story. So, like you do, you take yeah. a charming character. Pretty fun gameplay with a couple of major hiccups, some creative levels, some puzzles. It's funny. And then you give you a redemption story of a character that like you can't help but like him like within the first five minutes. He just looks goofy and fun and you want to see him do. Ah, fuck. Yeah. What a good shit. Good game. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. I'm trying to think of how to score this thing. This thing. So this game happened in the year 1286. So on a scale of one to 1286. How many years would you give Medieval? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it 1,072. It's very specific. I like yeah. that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'll go about 1,100. It's pretty good. It's definitely if the if the if the if you could feel your health easier and the camera was a little better, like in all like if you were, if we were scoring it out of 10, I'd probably give this game at least a nine if it had that better stuff. But it's in yeah. that like seven or eight range because it is yeah. fun. 
it's not that long. Like I beat it in under 10 hours, I think, 100%ed it. Um, That's the only thing I worry. I, 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 if I want to play this remake, it better not be full price if it's just this game. Yeah, I agree with that because it's not uh, a long game. Like, But it no. was, I enjoyed it though. And I'm surprised they haven't done more with the the Fortescue character. Maybe the game, like maybe the remake is stuff that didn't sell that well because he seems like a charming character and I would love to see like a new game with this guy in it. Like I'd love to see. Well, I guess it only came out like a year or two ago, the remake. So yeah. So hopefully there's a new one. I would love a new fucking. I'd love to see a remake of the sequel. And then I want to try the sequel first. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, good stuff, buddy. Thanks for doing this. And thanks to everyone that voted. Fucking great game, man. Good stuff. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Andre, thank you for giving me a call and talking medieval with me and to every single one of you geeks out there. Thank you so much for listening to our silly little podcast. Like I mentioned, keep an eye on our social media, Twitter, Instagram, at MemberTheGame or Facebook.com slash RememberTheGame. We'll follow you back. Uh, We're going to be posting some polls. They should be live by the time this episode is in your ears. Do you want an episode about Dino Park Tycoon? If you guys want it, we'll cover it. And if you don't, then we won't. It's that simple. Uh, We'll be back next week for our first ever remastered episode where we look back at a game from the first 20 episodes of the show. And uh, if you're enjoying what we do, please consider supporting us on Patreon, really. I know I bring it up a lot, but like, I'm a comedian. We're not working. I'm putting a ton of work into the show. It's only two bucks and you're going to get shout outs. You get extra podcasts. You get to submit questions. You get to vote on the show. It helps me a lot. You get a whole bunch of stuff. It's really worth it. Patreon.com slash remember the game. Thank you so much for listening. You guys are the best. Remember the game is brought to you by our Patreons. And I'd like to take a moment to thank every single person that makes this show possible. So a massive thank you to all our Patreons, including Aaron Cuphall, Adam Anderson, Alex Martinez, Andre, Andrew Castro, Andrew Halepchuk, Andrew Wright, Andy Baker, April Sane, Batter Barhumi, fuck Batter. I'm, I'm going to call you Batter B, dude, because I'm going to keep fucking that up. Ben Bullyu, Ben Boucha, Ben Drinkin, Bevins Girls, Brian McKay, Bullfrog, Charlie M, Chris Flurry, Chris Wilson, Corey, Dan T, Dave L, Dave McG, Desert Tortoise, Duhow, Doug Dorn, Dustin L, Dylan, Eric Cannard, Evan Refuse, Fraser Burns, Gary C, Jin and Chris, James Clark, Jason Adams, Jason Cortez, Jeffrey Mathis, Joe Buck, Joe Gillespie, Joe Mack, John Taylor, Jordan, Josh Morgan, Josh from the Press Start to Join podcast, Kate Roberts, Casey Rarick, Keegan Wilson, Kevin Donlin, Kevin Hufford, Cryptovox, Kyle Paul, Lane Orr, Lord Egbert, Luca, Mark McHugh, Mark 209, Matt Brown, Matthews Kids, Michael Mathis, Movie Epidemic Podcast, Nathan W., Nick Sills, Ole MF, Rev. I, I know I'm saying it wrong, but I love it. Rex, Robert Fusho, Robert L, Rome 21, Ryan White, Scott, Shaley, Sean P, Sean Razine, Sharonic, Slick Rick, Stupid Monkey, Todd O, Tony, Tyler, Vladstein, the Uremtio Boys, No Juan Cares, Dave Thompson, Mackenzie Wheeler, Ajwu, and Brandon O'Brien. Thank you all so much. You guys are the best. Take it easy. I'll talk to you again on Sunday. Cheers.